Welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're so honored that you're joining us today. The word Kalos is a poorly pronounced Greek word that means beautiful. And we believe here at Kalos that the words and the ways of Jesus are very beautiful. That's why each week we're bringing content to make known that beauty. So let's go ahead and jump right in to this last Sunday's sermon. Christmas, everybody. Isn't it so wonderful to be in this season? And I don't know about you, but we have our Christmas tree up. We have our stockings up. My kids have their own Christmas tree because I don't want them to touch my Christmas tree. We just like, we're just all festive in our house and it's so exciting. But I also, maybe you're like me, uh, you want to make sure you are keeping the reason for the season in focus, okay? So you have your nativity scene up. You're reading through your Advent devotional. You are teaching your children about Jesus as you walk by Santa in the mall. You know, like you're just making sure that Jesus is the center of the season that we are celebrating today. And to be honest, while I think all of those things are absolutely wonderful, are a huge part of what it means to have a Christmas time, a Christmas season, I still think that there's something about Christmas that we have yet to really allow to sink deeply into our hearts. And I want to share that with you this morning. And what happened is I was singing some Christmas carols in the song, in the car with my daughter, and I started really listening and thinking through the lyrics that I was actually singing. They're pretty mind-blowing. And they reminded me that Jesus coming to the earth was not just a little baby who came on a silent night. Jesus coming to the earth was an absolute invasion of light breaking through darkness on the earth. And as we sang these songs, I started realizing how powerful this is. Uh, I'll show you. Oh, Holy Night. How many of you love that song? It's one of our favorite Christmas songs. It says, Oh, Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Aw. Everybody say, aw. Precious. Let's keep going. Long lay the world in sin. Long lay the world in sin and error. Think about those words. Long lay the world in sin, error pining, like a longing that we would be away and get out of this sin and this error. Till who appeared? Till Jesus appeared and our souls felt worthy again. We felt love in our hearts. A thrill of hope, the weary soul rejoices for yonder breaks. The kingdom of heaven breaks through a new and glorious morn. Isn't that powerful? This is something that's so important for us to capture. Okay, another one. I'll give you another one. God rest you, merry gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power. Can we stop there for a second? Jesus came to save us all from Satan's power. This is the song. This is the lyric that we're singing. When we had gone astray, oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, to save us all from Satan. That is why Jesus came to the earth. Are we getting this at Christmas? This is what we need to wrap our hearts around. And these are not just cutesy holiday lyrics. This is a story that everybody in this room is a part of. Amen. 
So I want to read this. Luke 2, 8 says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and heaven and earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. This is the story, my friends, that changed the world forever. This is what Christmas is all about. And I realize that for many people, If we really think about it, Christmas hasn't really changed the reality of their life at all. In fact, some people celebrate Christmas without Christ being a part of it at all. Listen to this scripture in John 3, 19 says this, God's light came into the world, okay? God's light came into the world, Jesus, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. Why on earth, when God sent his son Jesus to the earth, why on earth did the people back then and do we as people today, why do we hate the light and are drawn more to the darkness? Why do we we stay away from the light? What is going on? And the scripture tells us the answer. The scripture says they were afraid because their sins were going to be exposed if they set into the light. So when there is darkness, we can hide behind it. And they loved that. And they wanted that. Another way to say it is they loved their life more than the life Jesus was offering them. I don't know about you, but have you ever had something really good happen in your life, but you just couldn't accept it? You couldn't just wrap your arms around this good thing that happened in your life and all you could do is focus on the negative because it didn't happen the way that you wanted it to or something like that, but it was something good that happened in your life and you couldn't accept it. Anybody been there? This has happened in my marriage sometimes because we have a situation in our marriage where darkness has invaded the light of our closet our shared closet. There's light. There was light in the closet because I put away all of my clothes and I hang up all of my dresses and my everything. I just, everything is very neat and tidy. Well, when I got married, darkness came into my closet because there were these men's clothing that exploded everywhere in my closet. Do you know what it's like to have jean jackets touching all your stuff? It was just everywhere. And I mean, this was a new thing. And I tell you what, darkness broke through the light of my clean closet. And one day, Pastor Pradeepin, he was so nice. And he decided that he was going to surprise me. So he cleaned up the closet. And he said, Amritha, close your eyes. Come into the bedroom. He faces me toward the closet. And he says, open your eyes. Ta-da! And I looked in the closet and everything was put away. Everything was hung up. Socks, socks 
were matched, people, putting into a drawer, okay? Like, our closet is not a walk-in closet per se, but I could walk into it for the first time since we got married. And I'm telling you what, it was amazing. It was amazing. And I looked at my husband and I said, babe, thank you so much for doing that. That was awesome. It means a lot to me. And then I said this, we'll see how long this lasts right? And in a moment, I took something really good that happened in my life, and I shifted it into something horrible, and I just sucked the wind outside of my poor husband's sails, because he was so excited to show me this. And in that moment, I just sort of ruined the whole situation. Have you ever had a good thing happen, but you couldn't accept it? I think we all do this. And this is what I want to talk about today. We privilege the negative realities of our lives over the positive ones. I think that there are more moments where the kingdom of heaven is breaking through into our world, into people's lives. And some of us are sitting out here and saying, really? Really? And the reason why we are not seeing this is because we have been more drawn to the darkness than the light, just like the scripture said. We have been conditioned in our hearts and in our minds to privilege the evil of the world over the light of the world. And we've got to look at this really carefully. I mean, to be honest, nowadays, if you're not doom scrolling, if you aren't aware of all the evil that's going on in our world, you're really not even considered an intelligent person or an aware person. This is kind of how we've been conditioned. It's not really cool to run toward the light. It's a lot more cool to be intelligent and know what all is going on in the world. I'm sure you've heard of this psychological term called negativity bias. Anybody heard that before? I'm going to read you this definition. It says this. The negativity bias is our tendency not only to register negative stimuli more readily, but also to dwell on these events. Negativity bias means we feel the sting of a rebuke more powerfully than we feel the joy of praise. We notice more bad than good. We remember more bad than good. We feel the impact of more bad than good. I want to ask you this question. I asked a friend this today. Think about this. Most people have a stronger negative reaction to losing $20 than have a positive reaction to finding $20. Is that you? You think about that for a second. I definitely know that's me. If I lose 20 bucks, I'm like, oh my gosh, I needed that 20 bucks. You know, but if I find 20 bucks, eh, got 20 bucks, you know? So we resist his kingdom on earth in powerful ways because our negative bias is a more comfortable way to live. And I want us to be aware of that and really look at this. Now, listen, my heart today is not to tell you to just have a positive attitude this Christmas. I'm not trying to bring some weird, toxic positivity into the evils of the world. In fact, I'm not even telling us to forget about the evils of the world. What I want us to understand is that I am convinced, I'm convinced more than ever in my life that there are more moments where God's kingdom is breaking through the darkness of the world and the reality of our lives on a daily basis, and I don't want to miss it. And I don't want it to just be one day a year. 
This is a reality that I believe that came when Jesus came to the earth. And we can experience the light breaking into our darkness. So how do we become people who are aware and can identify the experiences around us where light is breaking through the darkness, where heaven is invading earth, where people are being protected and taken from the powers of the devil. How do we be people who are more in tune with that than all of the evil going on in the world? Well, in the spirit of Christmas and in the spirit of Christmas carols, I want to look at this very closely. How do we become these people? By looking at another Christmas carol, the carol, Do You See What I See? Do you hear what I hear? Anybody sing that song? I'm not going to sing it. Okay, I'll say, do you hear what I hear? You don't say it? You don't hear it? Okay, that's all you're getting on the singing front today. But I, I inserted God into this question. How do we become these people? Well, I think we have to be people who see what God sees. Do you see what God sees? Do you hear what God hears? And do you know what God knows? Number one today is do you see what God sees? I want you to catch this. It's very difficult to see the kingdom of heaven breaking into our lives when we separate the reality of heaven from earth. It's very difficult. You know, I don't know about you, but I grew up thinking that heaven was this place super far away from earth and we were down here on earth and really the ultimate goal was to die and go to heaven where all of the good things happen. That's just what I sort of understood about heaven and earth. And at some point in my life, I had to kind of come to a theological reconciliation of this because I was like, what are we even doing here then? You know, and I just, that's just what I understood about it. And the scripture actually speaks very clearly that God's kingdom is coming to earth. At Jesus taught his disciples to pray. We all know this. Matthew 6, 9. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Say this with me. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His kingdom is advancing. And he writes, says it like this. So people have said, there you are in Matthew. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven. The place will go when we die. And at the end of the gospel, he dies so that we can go there. That is completely wrong. Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew's gospel in chapter 6. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The phrase kingdom of heaven is not about a place called heaven, which is somewhere else where God is king and where we'll go one day. It is about the establishment of the rule of heaven. In other words, the rule of God here on earth. Isn't that good news? It will be hard to be people who sees what God sees if we separate the earth from heaven while God has sent his son to invade the earth with his light. And this is the reality that we can live with. In the Old Testament, there was a writer named Isaiah who prophesied that the Messiah was coming. And we often read about these prophecies at Advent time, at Christmas time. And he believed and he declared what the future was coming. But you have to realize he was declaring this. He was writing this before Christmas ever existed. Look at chapter 35, Isaiah 35 verse 4. He's saying this, your God will come. 
He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. And then he says this in verse 5. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. My friends, my point is this. God doesn't see his kingdom apart from our reality and neither should we. And neither should we. We are living too much in a reality that does not include the kingdom of heaven breaking through on the earth in beautiful and powerful ways. And you are going to have to be intentional to see it because the news isn't going to see it for us. We're not going to just get it on social media like we get all the negative stuff. You are going to have to realize that there is a God who broke through and came into the earth that we might experience the reality of heaven. This is what it means at Christmas time. You know, we read these words from Isaiah. Oh, he just said the most beautiful things, that the eyes, eyes of the blind would be opened, that the lame would walk. And you know what most of us do? We take this picture and we sort of know it, and then we privilege terrible things above it. We privilege a lot of pain and hard things above it, the suffering and the sorrow of the world. Again, I'm not saying to ignore those things. I'm saying don't privilege them above the truth of the reality that God's kingdom can be in our lives in a powerful way. Amen. Every Monday, every Monday evening, we have our Kalo staff meetings, and we actually start every staff meeting with celebrations. And Pastor Pradeepan usually says in a really dramatic way, does anyone have anything to praise God for? And we just all kind of laugh, and then we do. We go around, and we begin to talk about what God is doing in our lives We begin to share dreams that we had last night where God showed up. We begin to talk about the ways that God broke through in three women's lives here in our church, how God breaks through in the Alpha, how God's Spirit is filling children in our classrooms. Every single Monday we do this. And the reality is, is we could spend all of those meetings just looking at the holes in our church and all the ways that we could fix them. And we do that. But I don't want to privilege that over what God is doing in the lives of people at our church. And so I want to make sure that we get this. I think Isaiah is like saying somewhere, you guys, I wrote this a long time ago. Do you know how long I waited for the Messiah? It never happened on my time on earth. But while you're here, the prophecies have been fulfilled. The prophecies, I waited and I waited that Jesus came to the world and broke through the darkness to establish his rule and reign. What are you doing privileging the negative above that? I think Isaiah would say, I would kill to be in your shoes. To experience the reality of the invasion of the kingdom of light into the darkness. Oh, that's that's what I wrote about. It's what I waited for. It's like Pastor Pradeepan saying, Amritha, I cleaned the dang closet for you. Whether it lasts one week or one day, don't let this miraculous moment where heaven invaded earth and I actually cleaned the closet by dirty closets of the past. Don't privilege those memories over this moment. Amen. Come on, give it up for Pastor Pradeepan. In Jesus, God brought heaven and earth together. 
in his second coming, that joining together will be complete. That is the Advent hope. That is our hope. Let's be people who earnestly seek God's kingdom breaking through all around us, who earnestly seek him breaking through our despair, him breaking through the disappointment of your marriage, breaking through the addiction that you struggle with every single day, breaking through your mental and physical uh, situations and sickness, God breaking through the light. And I want to tell you this morning that there were several years of my life where I was in so much despair and so much darkness that I could not get out of it. I could not, I did not realize that I was privileging so deeply the darkness and despair over the reality of God's kingdom on the earth. But I want to tell you one night I was laying in bed and it was during the years that we were going through a lot of really difficult stuff with our children being diagnosed with neurological disabilities, all this stuff. I'm laying in bed one night just hurting so badly and God broke through my despair and he gave me a vision. And I don't know if you believe in visions today, We can call it a prophetic picture maybe, but he broke through. And I will never forget. I want to share it with you today. I'll never forget it. In my vision, as I'm laying there, crying out to God in despair, I see a picture in my heart and in my mind. Has this ever happened to you? And it was so profound. I watched Jesus come into our house through the front door. And at my house, down the hall, it's my daughter's room, my son's room, and then Pastor Pradeep and I's room. And Jesus, in this vision, turned down the hallway, and he went into my daughter's room, and he touched her. And he healed her during a time when we were trying to figure out what was going on with her. He walks out of her room. He goes into my son's room, and he touches him. And he loves on my son. And he comes out of his room, and he walks to the very end of the hall. And he walks into our room. And I want to tell you this morning, I felt the presence of God so thick and so powerfully in our room. I could not have made this up. I was in such despair. And in my vision, God walked over to Pradeepan's side of the bed and he held him because Pradeepan was hurting so badly at this time. And then he put him down and he walked over to my side of the bed and he held me and he was there for me. And he broke through the despair and the depression of my life through a vision. And I will never forget it. In fact, I haven't shared this with a lot of people because I don't want anybody to ruin it. It's been so, it was so beautiful. I'm going to tell you what I feel like God did that night. I felt like God imparted to us a supernatural grace to live out this call to be pastors and parents. That's what I felt like God did in that moment. God's light broke through. Do you see what God sees? Do you hear what he hears? Do you understand that he is establishing his kingdom on the earth? God, make us people who see what you see. Amen? Amen. Number two, do you hear what God hears? What would it actually be like to be God and hear what he hears? Can you imagine? What does God hear? Man, I spent some time on this. And I realized one of the craziest stories in the scriptures, I think, is found in Joshua chapter 10. And it's a moment where Joshua is leading his army to defeat the Canaanites and the people who don't know and love God. And in the midst of defeating this army, Joshua prays an insane prayer. This is an insane prayer. Joshua 10, 12 says this. One day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel. Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Son, 
Stand still over Gibeon, and you, moon, over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies, as it is written in the book of Jashar. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There, was ne- there has never been a day like this before or since, listen to this, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Joshua needed a little bit more time to defeat the army that he was already defeating. And so we prayed to God, God, make the day last longer. How many of you would love that? You would say, if I could only pray and God would stop the day so I could get more stuff done. That is what Joshua did in this story. Is that not crazy? I'm like, this is insane. And it's crazy because we have to realize that Joshua asked God for this. And what did God do? God listened to his prayer. Why? Because God was fighting for Israel. God is fighting for his people. He continues to fight for his people. 1 John 5 says this. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what, he, what we asked of him. What does God hear? God hears us. And if we're going to hear what God hears, then we're going to hear the cries and the longings of his children. And this is something I believe that God has called us to, even in this Christmas season. He calls us to hear what he hears, the pain and suffering and longing of people, so that we can pray that the kingdom of heaven would break through into their reality. So that we can stand alongside people and fight for them the way Joshua did. God is asking us to fight alongside people to their victory like he did for Joshua. You know, my daughter started preschool this last year. She started going. She just like was having the best time of her life. She's like out of the house being super social, which she is. And one day, every day she'd been telling me how great school had been. Well, one day I asked her, how was school today? And she said, mom, it was bad. And I said, well, why was it bad today, Nala? And she said, a boy was chasing me with his dinosaur, and it scared me. And then I started crying. And I said, you did? I said, well, did you tell the teacher? No. And I said, well, next time that happens, you need to tell the teacher. And uh, the teacher will help you and make sure that the boy stops chasing you. And my daughter looked up at me, and she said, Mom, can you talk to the teacher? And I said, yes. Yes, Nala, I will fight alongside you. We will come against this boy who is chasing you with a dinosaur. We will take him. This boy will never see a dinosaur again in his life. Okay, that got too dark. A little too much Wednesday Adams in my system right now. Okay? But I said, I will fight with you, my daughter. I will fight alongside of you, and we will make sure that you are not scared at school. And in the same way, God is asking us as we hear the cries of his people to fight alongside of them. One of the biggest testimonies I've heard from Alpha this last season is people who did not have friends in their life, Christian friends in their life, who would stand with them in prayer who would fight for them against the depression in their lives, against the disgusting, awful desires, the evil things, confessing our sin to one another. This is what it means to fight alongside each other. I believe that there are people 
this holiday season who are spending their first holiday without a loved one. There are people who are going into the new year waiting for something they've been waiting for for years. They need you to stand with them and keep praying and keep believing God. God wants us to pray bold and audacious prayers like Jesus prayed. I want to live this way, you guys. I want to live this way where I privilege the possibility of God's kingdom over the evil of the world. Do you? And I want to give you a practice. I actually want to challenge you because someone did this for me. I had a little bit of a heavy week, and someone called me and just prayed with me. And it was so beautiful. It was so powerful in my life. So I want to give you this practice. Would you commit, church, before December 25, would you commit to calling someone on the phone and asking them, what do you believe in God for? And then would you pray like Joshua prayed? Would you pray for them? That the kingdom of heaven would advance. And there, how many of you are willing to do this? Before December 25, you'll call somebody and you'll stand with them and you'll pray with them. Amen? Number three today is this. Do you know what God knows? Do you know what God knows? As I was praying this morning for you as a church and this week as I prepared this message, I said, God, what do you want us to know about what you know? And I felt like God is speaking a word to Kalos in this moment, this holiday season. What I feel like he wants you to know is that he knows the very longings of your heart. That's what he knows. And the weight that you are in is worth it for God. The weight that you are in is worth it for God. God knows. Can you just be rest assured? Can you let this sink in in this moment? What God wants you to know today is that he knows the very longing of your heart and your weight is worth it. I believe that is a word for you to grab hold of and take this Christmas season. Isaiah and the prophets longed for the Messiah. They waited and they waited and they waited. Do you know that Advent means we wait in anticipation for the coming king? That's what Advent means. And I think that some of us, we believe that God can break through our darkness, but we're learning how to wait on him. We're learning how to wait on him. And I want to tell you this because I'm learning this in my life, and I've learned this over the last probably three or four years of my life. I want you to know that we can't be so honed in to that one area of our life that we want a supernatural miracle so much that we miss the other things that God is doing in huge, huge ways in our lives. For so long, I have focused on this one miracle that needs to take place. And all of a sudden, I just like could not even operate outside of that. And I believe that I missed. We can miss some ways God is breaking through because we are only honed in to this one part. When God is moving, the activity of the Holy Spirit is happening all around us. I want to read this quote to you by Brian Zahn. Advent is for learning to wait for God. In our high-tech, high-speed, high-stress age, we're not very good at waiting. It feels too much like doing nothing, but it's not doing nothing. As we wait, we slowly become contemplative enough to discern what God is doing. Unless we intentionally cultivate some contemplative slowness in our soul, it doesn't matter if God acts because we will most likely miss it. When God entered history definitively in Christ, a lot of people who should have perceived it and rejoiced missed what God was doing or even resisted it. 
Quiet contemplatives like Simeon and Anna, they perceived the arrival of God's salvation because they had learned how to wait. They had learned how to wait. Listen, you can spend your time in your waiting disappointed or discerning. I took some time to slow my soul down. And all of a sudden, I didn't forget about this miracle, but I stopped focusing on it so much because I remembered that God hasn't forgotten about it. And I slowed down and I began to discern where God was moving in my life. And it was more than what I thought because I was so desperate for this over here. Is anybody resonating with me? You can spend your time in waiting disappointed because God hasn't showed up in this area of your life. Or you can spend your time discerning, where are you, God? Show me. Reveal yourself to me. I bet you it will be more than what you thought. But I love what Brian Zond is saying. He's like, you're going to have to slow down your soul. You're going to have to quiet yourself. And I'm speaking from experience. I have encountered the Spirit of God. The moments where I was laying in my bed, quiet, desperate, and God shows up in a vision. I believe that God wants to show us this week these beautiful moments where he is breaking through into your life. There are a lot of people in our city who need breakthrough, who need the light of Jesus to come into their soul, come into their life. Next week, we are having three Christmas services, my friends, because we want to make room for everybody. And can I tell you, we want to make room so that a lot of people can come into what we want our church to be, which is a house of prayer, a house of miracles, a house where people have privileged the power of God over the power of the evil in our world. So will you invite your friends? Will you bring them so that we can pray for them? So that we can invite the Holy Spirit to come in and break through into their reality? Bring them. Bring all of them. Let this be that house of healing our city needs. Amen? Amen, amen. Well, I want to close this morning by telling you the, the origin story of the song, Do You Hear what I hear. This is a very interesting origin story. Basically, this song was written during the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962. And the writer was asked to write an encouraging song at Christmas time that would help people feel better about the fear of war that was happening or could take place. And so this writer is like, oh, wow, what an impossible task right now. It's got to be a Christmas song, and it's got to bring hope, and it's got to help people not be so fearful. That's a tall order for anyone who writes music, right? And so he's, he's outside, and he sees two little children, two babies, in strollers, and they're talking to each other. And this author, something happens for him inside of his heart, and he begins to think about and see, for some reason, these two little kids like being little lambs who are talking and interacting with each other. And so the first lyrics of this song it, uh, says this. It says, um, I just lost my face. Uh, in, the, in the night, it said this. said, the night wind to the little lamb, do you see what I see? A star, a star dancing in the night with a tail as big as a kite. Do you know that that picture was a picture of a missile 
being launched into the air. And it was also a reference to the star of David that we follow to the coming king, to Jesus Christ. It says in the lyrics, the king told the people everywhere, like the angels that came down and announced that Jesus had arrived. He says in this lyric, pray for peace, people everywhere. Where you are scared, where you are fearful, where you are overcome with darkness, people everywhere pray for peace. People everywhere know that the light is shining in the darkness. Pray that we would be saved from Satan's power. Pray that the kingdom of heaven would advance on the earth and invade our realities. This is where this song originated. Isn't that powerful? I'll always look at this song differently than what I saw before. And the way I just sort of sang the lyrics, it's a moment where God is saying, Church, will you declare peace everywhere? Will you declare the arrival of the Messiah? Because he wants to break through into your reality. Do you see what God sees? Heaven invading earth. Do you hear what God hears, the cries of hurting people? And do you know what he knows? He knows the very longings of your heart, and he is worth the wait. My prayer today is that God would make us people who privilege Jesus' rule and reign over the darkness of this world. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Father, I just want to lift up those in this room that are in waiting, that are in so much hurt and pain because of the waiting. And God, I'm asking that you would give them the ability, the gift of discernment to discern where it is that you are actively moving in their lives. God, would you break through into our disappointment, into our pain, through our sadness and our suffering. God, would you come? We believe, Jesus, that you have arrived to invade all of the earth. And so, Lord, we thank you. We lift you up high above everything else. We worship you today, Jesus. We thank you for who you are. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us for the Kalos Church Podcast. Hey, if you feel comfortable, we would love to see you and meet you in person. We meet at 945 and 1130 every Sunday at the Hilton Garden Inn in downtown Bellevue. If you want to join us, head to www.kalos.com. Church. You can get all the information you need and sign up so we can make sure there's a safe place for you to come and experience the beauty of Jesus with you. We'll see you next time.